We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey there, Knicks fans. How you doing? It's your boy, Jonathan Macri, with you for another episode of the Knicks Film School podcast. Coming at you as we wind down. Oh, my goodness gracious. We're almost there. We are really so close. Winding down the summer. Um, as I sit and record this uh, intro at 7 o'clock on Sunday night, I can say... A week from right now, I will get in front of this very microphone, probably around the same time as I'm recording this, and I will say, media day is tomorrow, and training camp the day after that. Uh, it's been a long summer. It's been an interesting summer. Um, it's been a summer that has not really felt like a summer because uh, I don't know if it's felt like a break for, for anybody. Uh, I don't think it's been a break for the Knicks. I don't think it's been a break for people who um, write about the Knicks or podcast about the Knicks. And uh, um, I don't think it's been a break for anybody who's a fan of this team. Uh, so, you know, from that perspective, it's it's interesting um, to now kind of be at the start of a new season. And we I don't think we ever really we never, we never really got away from it. Um, I think the analogy that I would use is like, we slowed, we slowed down the car a few times, but we never put the car in park and just let it sit, you know, overnight or for a while in the same spot. We were constantly in motion, but that's fine. You know, no, no worse for the wear. Um, in any case, not a whole lot going on right now in Nick's land. Um, a couple things, which I'm going to get to in a minute. First, let me say the episode that you're about to hear uh, because Jeremy is on vacation actually. And uh, Andrew had, um, bit of a, a crazy weekend personally, and I'm dealing with a one and a half year old with pink eye. Lots of all fun stuff. Um, so you're not you're not going to get a traditional show from us today. Instead, we're actually giving um, all of our uh, all of our listeners who are not patrons of the Next Film School podcast a special look into. Our Patreon content um, with an episode that we recorded for Patreon 
last week in which myself, Andrew Claudio, and uh, oh, I'm sorry. Actually, Andrew wasn't on this episode. This was just me and Benji, me and Ben Ritholtz recorded an episode about the best teams in NBA history never to win the championship. Um, we had a lot of fun with it, got into all kinds of NBA talk. So that is the episode that you are about to hear. Um, again, that is was originally a, a Patreon episode uh, from, I believe, actually a week and a half ago. Uh, so, yeah, if you dig the episode and you want to hear more of myself, Benji, uh, Andrew Claudio is my usual co-host for those uh, talk, you know, just like general NBA stuff. Feel free to sign up for uh, Next Film School Patreon, where we're putting out an episode every week. And we have some other fun stuff for uh, some of the higher tiers. But yeah. Uh, so that is what is coming your way today. Um, as far as Knicks news, I, I'm not going to sit here and make a make a bigger deal out of what they did this weekend than what it is, because what they did was they filled the 14th and 15th uh, spots on their roster um, with Ryan Archdiakono, a player who was with the team last season. Um and uh, Svi Mikhailuk, I hope I pronounced that correctly. Um, a player who hasn't been officially signed. Uh, it was it's a reported signing uh, by Shams Sharanya. Have not seen that confirmed anywhere. Uh, it's reportedly a partially guaranteed deal. Uh, Svi Mikhailuk is someone who was drafted in the second round in 2018 by the Los Angeles Lakers. He has bounced around between four teams over the last four years. I believe the Lakers, Raptors, Thunder, and Pistons. Uh, he's put up some numbers on occasion. He's, he's had a nice three-point hit rate here and there. I mean, you know, he's a, I guess you describe him as a mildly interesting player throughout some of his time in the league. Um, but to me, Archie Diakono and Mikhailuk being the 14th and 15th men on the roster, and I should note that they still have three, uh, or excuse me, two training camp spots still available because right now they only have the Quan Jeffries on an Exhibit 10, so they have two more Exhibit 10s if they want to sign uh, two more training camp bodies, which I'm sure they will. Um, to me, the signings this weekend were more notable, not because of the players, because, again, if either of these guys ever get significant time for the Knicks this season, then something has almost certainly gone very wrong. Um, but I just think the fact that they made the signings. I'm like, look, Michaela, partially guaranteed deal. We haven't gotten any terms, I don't think, on the Arch Diacono signing. I would imagine that that's, you know, I mean, it's, uh, these are obviously veteran minimum signings uh, that are probably not fully guaranteed. But, like, there's some guaranteed money there, which means, you know, if the Knicks swung a trade that required an extra roster spot or two extra roster spots, you know, they'd be eating a little bit of cash. Now, would it be a lot of cash? No, of course not. It would be very little. And it's not like uh, James Dolan doesn't have it to spend. But it's just interesting to me that, you know, most teams filled their spots um, much earlier in the summer. And there's been some other, you know, things, little, little things here and there. Some of the better teams maybe waiting to see if like a veteran shook loose. Like we saw the Lakers reportedly signing Dennis Schroeder and like Carmelo Anthony still out there. That's another notable thing. I guess we could say is that this, you know, one of these spots didn't go to Mello, which I know some people were maybe holding out hope for um, in any case. 
you know, the Knicks have obviously left those spots open. And I think they left those spots open in part because they were involved in the Donovan Mitchell trade negotiations. And then, you know, it's been a little over two weeks now since the Mitchell trade went down. And uh, I wouldn't be surprised if the Knicks had spent some of that time just kind of, you know, kicking the tires, seeing what else is out there. And to me, and I am certainly assuming as I say this, you know, so take it for what it's worth. But to me, this might be an indication that like, look, there's nothing really else out there. Um, This is the roster we're going to head into camp with. We're not going to have any trades that are going to you know, alter the the roster in any significant way or at all, I guess. And so let's let's, you know, sign the last two guys and get this over with a week ahead of camp. So at least guys know where they're going and and what the deal is here. That's my take. Watch now as I say this, uh sometime in the next twenty four to forty eight hours we'll see some some earth shattering trade. I I would be surprised. I'll just say that. Um certainly would not mind being wrong about this one. But that is my assumption at this point. That's really it. I mean, there's nothing really else that's going on. Ian Bagley did drop uh, shout out Ian Bagley, friend of the pod, uh, did drop an article shortly after he came on this very podcast uh, at the end of last week, noting that uh, people want to make sure I get the get the exact quote right. Um, there is an expectation uh, per people familiar with the matter, that Emmanuel quickly will get an increased role early on in the 22-23 season. So that's good news, obviously. And and quite frankly, news that should not be surprising. Quickly averaged 19 minutes a game as a rookie. He averaged uh, about 21 minutes a game, a little over 21 minutes a game in the uh, before the All-Star break last season. Uh, and then his average ended up over 23 minutes per game for the entire year last year, because he obviously got a lot more time after the all-star break when there were some injuries and things. Um, What does an increased role mean? Does he go from 19 minutes to 21 minutes to 23 minutes, 24 minutes, 25 minutes, even more than that? I don't know. We'll see. Maybe increased role means we're going to see him be more on the ball. Uh, leading bench unit as opposed to Derek Rose. I, you know, I think I'll believe that when I see it. To me, this is more about the minutes, and maybe there's an expectation right now that even if Emmanuel quickly does not start, um, it would not shock me if he was amongst the five leading um, minutes leaders on this team when all is said and done. Um, I, I could see a situation where, you know, let's say Grimes starts or Fournier starts. I could see a situation where even if quickly came off the bench, maybe not by a lot, maybe by a, the, the the hair of his chinny chin chin, um, averaged a, even a little bit more than whichever one of those players started at shooting guard. Like that wouldn't shock me. Um, but whatever it is, I think at you know, there's there's just no reason not to give Emmanuel quickly a bigger role this year. I mean, like what, what, what have you got to lose? Um, Fournier is here. His contract is viewed as a negative asset around the league right now. Uh, that is not going to appreciably change whether he plays 28 minutes a game or 18 minutes a game, you know, or, or 20 minutes a game or something. Um, so it shouldn't be Fournier standing in the way. And as 
as many people have said this summer and as we've talked about a little bit on the pod, um, it's okay to play Derrick Rose. You want to play Derrick Rose if you're trying to win games. The Knicks are trying to win games. So go ahead, play Derrick Rose. But again, don't play Derrick Rose 26 or 28 minutes a night. Play Derrick Rose, you know, give him a seven or eight minute stint in each half and keep him fresh that way. And that's a lot of time left over for a guy like quickly. And obviously a guy like Grimes, who vaguely notes in the article as well, uh, the events of this summer would certainly seem to indicate that he was, he's another player that will, will be finding an increased role, which just leaves Obi Toppin, which, you know, the Julius Randall of it all. <laughs> and I'll just leave it at that. Uh, okay. That is it. Um, without further ado, here is my draft of the greatest NBA teams of all time, never to win a championship with Benji Ritholtz. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Uh, I'll get right to our surprise for this week. I'm not talking to Andrew Claudio, although he is on our Zoom right now doing uh, doing whatever Andrew Claudio does when he's not talking. Working, John. So? Yes, working? We are. I'm working. I'm yeah. editing the pod you just recorded, so yeah. you can do this other one, and I'll edit that one, too. Shout Alleged- out to the, the dream job. Yeah. <laughs> Allegedly. Um, no, we're... <laughs> I love needling Andrew. Uh, he's, he's out of here. He's gone. <laughs> All right. Uh, the, the special guest, my partner this week, Ben Ridholtz. Hello, Ben. How are you? Hey there, John. I'm good. Good to see you again. Uh, it's great to see you, too. When is the last time I saw you? Literally last week, wasn't it? The fifth pick draft, whenever that was. Yes, which Andrew, I wish he was still had his camera on, which he tried to unduly influence on tw- here's how shameless Andrew Claudio is. No, I want you to turn on your mic for this. He knew he had done such a poor job at drafting in the fifth pick draft. <laughs> That's a lie. That he was trying to peddle you Liar. to voters so I wouldn't win. That's that's a gracious candidate, just like sacrificing for the party. I think that's that's fine. <laughs> I'm Wait, Bernie what? endorsing Biden. I would have taken Andrew as my VP in a second. Exactly. Also, talk about shameless, Macri. What? <laughs> you draft. <laughs> you, you draft for clicks. Listen, 
Vince Carter and Ray Allen and whoever the hell else I took are very good NBA players. <laughs> Bunch picks of Twitter clicks. jerks. That's what we're doing. Picks for our, clicks. Our followers. Yeah, picks for clicks. Our followers, yeah, yeah. Our, our loyal followers of Nick's Film School, who were most of them were probably born in 2000, never even heard of half the guys I drafted. Meanwhile, you're going with Jason Richardson because he did a through the legs dunk one time. Shameless. Uh, that's a former 20 point per game scorer to yeah. you. Uh, Jason Richardson. Uh, uh, I'll, I'll no, tell you what. Uh, thank you for indulging me there, Andrew. You can go back. <laughs> I will just say my endorsement of Benji was solely, and I said this on the pod, for his performance on the podcast. Okay, you were you're outstanding. On Whatever, Thanks, brother. Whatever yes. gets you to sleep. At we'll night. get we'll, we'll collude and and get you over the top. We'll get you enough votes <laughs> in the Iowa primary. Don't worry. Well, maybe that maybe that time will be now. So Benji and I. I'm going to do something that when Andrew proposed this, uh, I was already excited about. And I love doing these pods with Andrew, as everybody knows. Um, but I'm especially excited to do this one with, with Mr. Ritholtz because as we've come to learn uh, recently, talk about a student of history and, and someone who <laughs> is has fun being a student of history. Yes. Um, we are going to each draft... We're going to do 10. It's a 10 pick draft. We're each going to have five picks. The 10 best teams. We're, so we're going to do five each never to win an NBA championship. That is the premise. Ben, you asked Andrew some clarifying questions. Do you want to say what those are? Because I'm sure some of our listeners may have the same. Yeah. Questions. And I, now I want to make sure that I have it right because of the way you just <laughs> described it. So let's hope so. So it's individual seasons. Yes. Right. Okay. Yes. yes. So, so for instance, the um, nine for just throwing a team out there, the ninety three, ninety four, or ninety four, ninety five Chicago Bulls could be taken because in those seasons the Bulls did not win a. It, why is it okay? Andrew's looking at me confused. Those seasons the the Bulls did not win you know a title or like whatever the two seasons in the thirteen year run that the Celtics didn't win a championship like those. Those seasons are eligible just because the predecessor or the the one who you know uh, followed it won. It, they're they're still fair game. As a Knicks podcast, literally the ninety two ninety three Knicks, that separate team is eligible. The team the next year that went to the finals and lost is eligible. Then the next year, the finger roll. I'm getting slowly depressed as I read this. The nine men one mission season, the eighth seed that made the finals. These are all separate candidates. So. Hypothetically, you could have multiple entries from the same franchise during the same run, if you'd like to. Like Benji, yeah. the one you asked that I'm sure one of them will come up today, if not both of them, yes. are the two jazz teams in yes. 97 and the 98. Those right. are separate entries. So if you want to put a lot of Utah jazz in our lives the last month and a half, if you'd like to add more to the list and put two jazz failed championship runs, they are two separate entries. Yes, which which dovetails into the other clarification. You do need to be specific to a year, so you can't just say, "Well, I don't want to say anything." You can't. Um, let me give an example that's not gonna that's not gonna get taken. You can't say like <laughs> the the McGrady Magic teams. You have to be specific. Um, such such great teams those were. Uh, I think that's it. Any any other things we should clarify? No, although I have zero Knicks teams. I'm gonna. You do okay, good. So, so we'll I'm, get there. I, listen, 
I took this very seriously, so I will I will save my take about whether any Knicks team should be on this list for the end. Okay. Um, who knows? Maybe one will get picked. How are we de- determining the draft order, uh, Andrew? You know, I thought I could just do work while well, this is the last thing. The last thing. Oh, wait. And actually, hold on. And actually, I'll ask you, is it? I forget. We always have this conversation. Is it snake or is it pick them? It's back and forth. Back and forth. Okay. Yeah. Like you're choosing five teams on the court. Okay. Okay. Like then LA fitness, 24 hour fitness on the playground, whichever. We'll go back to the the same high tech operation we use for every draft um, to decide the order. It's high card draw. Let me do a quick shuffle. Um. So that way you can all know that I'm not cheating, or at least trust that I'm not cheating. Trust that I'm not cheating. Those are words. Tails. Tails. <laughs> you know what? That'd probably be easy. Ha- happy football day, by the way. Football starting literally oh, yeah. as we speak, as uh, as we do this draft. I, th- I think I have Cooper Cup going right now. Same. Shout out PPR League. All right. Uh, Benji, you are the guest. You'll get to go first. Your card is a seven. Okay. All right. I'll take it. I'll take it. Literally half about about a 50 50 chance of getting the first pick. I kind of want to see what John picks first. John, your card is a three. So Benji, you get to go first in our (sighs) best to never win it draft. Shice. Okay. That's a lot of pressure because I had, I I thought about this a lot because I think there's one answer that most people would say. Oh no! You're gonna take my fucking team. God damn you! All right. I don't know. Okay. I'm gonna, gonna my, go. You're gonna take my team. Just do your speech. I'm gonna go with the 2018-19 Golden State Warriors. Wow. Okay, you didn't take my team. So talk to me. I think the most obvious Warriors team is, of course, the one that had the best record ever. Yes. To me, and the great thing about this exercise is it makes you think about not just like there's a, obviously t- statistical arguments, which I looked at carefully in terms of win-loss record, net rating, offensive, defensive ratings, playoff record, all that. But then you also have to take into consideration injuries because... yes. There are teams that would have had amazing records that maybe didn't have as great records because guys were hurt for much of the year. There are teams that were favorites to win NBA finals, clear favorites to win NBA finals that didn't win because of injuries. And so there's a lot. And then the, the last kind of factor that I found really interesting to think about was level of competition in different eras. And, you know, I think there are teams that, and one, this era is going to come up a lot. I think the 90s teams, a few of them that made the finals or had amazing records. I think if you look at the talent on those teams, top to bottom, I don't think they quite measure up uh, roster wise to other eras in the NBA, including the 80s, including the 60s, early 70s, and including more recent history. I think the 90s was a little more diluted, just post expansion. Um, and so that factored in also to kind of where I went and kind of factored against um, some of the statistical arguments that you might have about some of those teams. Anyway, so you it just in, in, you favored more modern teams, not necessarily more. I favored more modern teams versus 90s teams. To, okay. In right. Some instances. Okay. 
I looked at the rosters. I looked at the roster. Well, I didn't just look at the profile. Anyway, that all leads me to why my first pick is a 2018-19 Golden State Warriors. I don't think there was a team that was more likely to win the finals that didn't than that team. Because the Durant Warriors were infallible. They were undefeated. They cruised. The record that year was only 57 and 25. I think we all recognize that that team was better than 57 and 25. They were not trying incredibly hard during regular season. They were first in offensive rating by a gazillion. They were only 13th in defensive rating. And I think that reflects more than their actual defensive acumen. I think it just reflects an indifference, which is, I think, the main reason why they only won 57 games. They basically flew through the playoffs. Obviously, Durant with the Achilles. They're in the finals against Toronto. They win two games in the finals against a really, really good Toronto team without Durant and without Klay Thompson. Like They were two wins away from winning the finals without two of their best players. That's very rare. And like I think... I just think that the talent on that roster is some of the best talent we've ever seen in the league. And you saw it the prior year and you saw it two years before and the two years before that. I don't think you look at the rosters, even of the, the, the top record teams that didn't win. I think this team is better than those teams. And that's why, after thinking about it for a long time, that's my first pick is the 2018-19 Golden State Warriors. So, I, I think objectively, it's the right pick in this specific sense. If your question is what single season has been derailed the most by an injury that had the injury not occurred, the season would have turned out differently. I'm not because you're talking about a top. Let's let's be conservative. Let's say a top 12 player all time in his prime um, that that like. How many other of those, how many other top 12 players in their prime have gotten injured in a season in which they were on a team that was this good? And I Fav- don't f- favor to win to that extent. I don't favor to win to that extent. Yeah. And we could go, obviously, we go through the fact they obviously had three other Hall of Famers on the team. And um, so from that perspective, Yes, I, I, where I, and look, this is going to be for the voters to decide. I wonder no. is the, the, the spirit of the exercise. Cause when we, when you say like the greatest, the greatest teams not to win it, there was obviously evinced by the fact that the Durant smoke noise, whatever you want to call it, was hovering over that team for the entire year. Like, was that a great, it was, it was, the talent was obviously there. And if Durant doesn't get hurt, they I, I have to think that they win. Oh, yeah. But there's that other part of it that kind of hovers over it, which I don't know. I think that's I, there's there's no right or wrong answer. I just think that's yeah. something to be considered. I, I, my only my thought, and I agree. And I also think that and, and I, I tried. I mean, it's all subjective and and we're, we're making up the rules as we go. I, I, I didn't discount like season success and performance over the season. I think that's really important. And there are teams that exceed this team by a pretty good margin. The fact that we know what they were, like the fact that they're coming off to finals, playing some of the best basketball that we have ever seen 
Yeah. And we know like it would be different if this team came together that year. So like, let's say for example, the Durant Kyrie Harden nets were a factor here, which like in terms of talent, maybe it would be, Yeah. but I don't have them on this list because I don't know what it looks like in the yeah. playoffs. I, I didn't, I don't, I have no idea, but like golden state, I know what that looks like. I saw that. I saw that dominance. Right. And like, although Houston did give them a ride and Houston's an interesting part of this exercise, perhaps that Houston hardened <laughs> CP teams. But, um, but I think the, the, the fact that I know what they were and the, and the overwhelming talent kind of, kind of got me there, but I, the counters are fair. The counters okay. are fair. Benji, can I ask a quick question? Yeah. If clay doesn't get hurt in game six, do the warriors come back and win the series? Yes. Okay. That adds Ooh. to your that adds to your point if if you believe that, which I might I might actually be a subscriber to that. that yeah. Warriors were winning. They were they watching were in their that, building. W- watching yeah. that game without once Clay went down and and like the performance that the Warriors put on it was one of the f- I was inspired by that. I thought mm-hmm. that was like just see just to see like Steph and Draymond just go back to the the classic pick and roll drawing board and 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 almost winning that game was really special. And yeah, I think. I do think so. I don't know, but I think so. Okay. Uh, I'm going to start with my answer by just going through real quick the teams. So if you have the top, uh, if you go and there's a helpful Wikipedia page, just full disclosure that does this, you look at all the teams in NBA history that have won um, at least 75.6% of their game. So for a full 82 game season, we're talking about teams that have won at least 62 games. Um, there are 50 some odd, I think, or around 60, some, something about that. If you go through those and you rank those teams by point differential, uh, average point differential, fun fact, the top two teams on that list that did not win a championship are both the Milwaukee Bucks. So I'm going to go through the, I'm going to go through the list here. But the best team by winning percentage the 1971-72 Los Angeles Lakers, thought by some to be the greatest team of all time, 69 and 13, Will Chamberlain, the whole thing. Number two on that list, the 1970-71 Milwaukee Bucks, because they did win it. After that, the 95-96 Bulls. After that, the 2019-20 Bucks, they did not yeah, win it. <laughs> that's a weird one, man. That I, is I, a weird one. I, they, they popped were, up a lot, and I... yeah. Could they, not get there. They lost the East semis uh, to the Heat in the bubble. Um, I, I don't know how to reconcile that. Yeah. After that, we have another team that won it all. The 2016-17 Warriors, 67 wins, the first KD team. And then the team after that, outscored teams by 11.2 points, um, is the team that I am taking first overall. And that's the 1971-72 Milwaukee Bucks. Great pick. Thank you. I had them four. Um, I had them four on my list. Okay, that's I, I look. There's a lot of wiggle room here. Oh um, yeah. I so there's a few things that I like about this, and I think it would be disingenuous to start anywhere. Uh, there's two places to start. One, the team that they lost to um, in the playoffs is the team again that I just mentioned, the 71-72 Lakers that has the best point differential of all time. Yep. So that seems notable. I'm going to talk about the, the those West finals again in a minute. 
The other place I think you have to, to go to is the Kareem Abdul-Jabbar season yep. that he had. <laughs> so I know yep. you appreciate this. So Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, uh, to say that he won MVP in this season is not enough because <laughs> he won six of them. Um, you could argue that this is the greatest season uh, ever had by any NBA player ever. He, it, by win shares, it is. By win shares for 48 minutes, it is. Um, I mean, Kareem, was I, I, he was just on another level. In this it, season, it was um, his highest scoring season as his, well. Points his highest scoring was. season. I mean, the numbers from that year kind of they they seem fake. Yes. Um, but he here, I'll, I'll just I'll read them off real quick. So he played all in all eighty one games. He averaged forty four minutes a game. Um, she's shots fifty seven point four percent from the field. Averaged. 34.8 points, obviously the league in scoring, 16 and a half rebounds, 4.6 assists. Great assist numbers too, yeah. Incredible. Yeah. I mean, it's it's Pete Kareem. Uh, maybe, you know, he, he's kind of gotten now like pegged as like the third greatest player of all time. Um, you're not, not many people beating his resume. So that's the Kareem part of it. And then, you know, there's some other little specifics of it, like the Lakers, the champion Lakers had a 33 game winning streak that year, ended by this Bucks team. Um, this Bucks team got off to a 17 and one start. They had three Hall of Famers on the team. Um, you know, one of which was Oscar Robertson, who did he run out of gas? He was getting a little old there, long, a little long in the tooth. Yeah, he he ran out of gas in the West Finals. I it looked up, he only averaged nine points, five rebounds, five assists. And for the year, he was 17, eight, and five, which was not like prime Oscar numbers, but it was, you know. Still got it. So still, still got it. Yeah. Um, the thing that really got me was this. This West Finals, again, with arguably the greatest team of all time, was 2-2 after four games. The Lakers won those games by one and three points, respectively. <laughs> the Bucks won those won their two games by 21 and 26 points. Wow. Yeah. Wow. And and then in, in the game six loss, which it so but the Bucks got kind of beaten badly in game five, game six, which LA clinched the series. They won by four. Kareem had 37, 25 and eight. <laughs> and that game in that game six and a loss. Um, I think I just, it, it's one of those, it's one of those teams that they had everything. And they, I think it's the classic, like they just ran into a better team and they, you know, they, they picked the wrong year to be that great. And that's it. This goes to my continuous score um, idea. <laughs> if you go like, I love can you it. imagine how cool that would be? <laughs> a great um, idea you had. But um, that is amazing. Can you imagine that series? You have Wilt against Kareem, like prime Kareem. Wilt's already on the on the downside, but he's still yeah. great. And you have Wilt against Kareem. I mean, that's depending on your ranking could say two of the top three, you could say two of the top five. You probably can't go more than two of the top six or seven. If you really don't like, if you're really a will tater, then you can maybe drop him lower to six or seven, but you can't go lower than that. Yeah. Um, and, we, and we should also say like the, um, the, the team the year before uh, I mentioned it, but just to like, they did win the championship correct. and they, it was not a, it was not a competitive <laughs> Uh, and, playoffs. They won. They went four one, four one, and then four zero in the finals against the Bullets. I do want to shout out Bobby Dandridge too, who was an amazing player and was their second best player by this by this point. And um, yeah, it's a it's a it's an unassailable pick. Can I, mean, I add one more piece of trivia? Yeah, please. 
my favorite piece of trivia from Kareem that season. You know how many times he scored less than 20 points in a game? No, no, I don't. Once. <laughs> That's fantastic. <laughs> exactly one time. Uh, that's wild. Yeah. You don't he get off good. in like these finals where you have a positional matchup kind of in a classic sense like that. This um, is a West finals too. And this is a West finals. Yeah. yeah. Amazing. Wild. Um, great pick. Thank you. Uh, this is kind of boring, but I, <laughs> I'm going to take another recent warriors team in that case. Um, <laughs> I'm going to take the, the 15, 16 warriors, the best regular season team of all time. Um, at least when measured by record, they were, their net rating was quite good as well. They were first in offense and fifth in defense. Um, they changed basketball. Um, they became, I probably since, uh, maybe the Heatles too, but they became a show in a way that like was pretty un, unparalleled other than Jordan. Yeah. And maybe, maybe the Heatles, maybe, but I don't even think it got like, I think that Golden State era was so crazy. And they changed the way the game was played. It was Draymond, I think, specifically being at his peak that year, because I do think it went downhill from there for him. Like Steph kept going up. I think Clay was pretty much the same for the next couple of years, but Dre was still a decent shooter. Yeah. That kind of totally plummeted after this. Um, was his most athletic um, and just was a force on both sides of the ball that I, that, and one of like, I think that was his, that that was him at his best. And like, he was such a tremendous two-way player at that point. Um, look, they went 73 and nine. There's not much more to say about it. <laughs> there isn't much more to say. And, and the last thing I'll say is, look, they, they, they lost, they were up three, they were also up three, one and lost, which had never happened before. So they were technically, the closest to winning an NBA final that didn't win an NBA final. Right. And there's something to be said about bringing out the best in one of the best players ever. Um, And despite the fact that they collapsed, they did give us perhaps the greatest LeBron performance. And there are a lot of great LeBron performances, but from a series perspective, from a, from a impact perspective, from like a, an accomplishment perspective, this was like the crowning jewel for LeBron James. Um, and and it was and the Cavs team was a great team, it was a great team, and you could argue oh, they, could, they could come up again. Uh, I in this discussion. I think they may come up again. Yeah, yeah. So great, they lost to a great team. Although they, you know, it was a, a bit of a collapse, and you could argue if Draymond doesn't do stupid things, they win and all that. But uh, I think it's a pretty unassailable pick to have the fifteen sixteen Warriors here. I think third is pretty low, <laughs> um, but here we are. So I got the eighteen nineteen Warriors and the fifteen sixteen Warriors. <laughs> It's tough to argue. Um, yeah, it's tough to argue. I don't. I don't know how you argue with this. Um, I. It was the. It's the obvious, probably first pick ahead of both of our top yep. picks in this yep. draft, um, and yet, you know. But that's the thing, right? So when I thought about it, I was like, which team was better, the Durant Warriors or the pre-Durant Warriors? Like the reason they got went and got Durant is because they felt like it was an upgrade, <laughs> right? It's like, so it's like that said by eighteen nineteen, not only was Draymond on the downside, but their great role players were on the downside. And that's another thing I should say about this team before we move on: the Livingston, the Igudala, like those guys were so good in fifteen sixteen, and like that bench unit was so dangerous, even when one or two of those big guys were sitting. Yeah. Um, 
And by 18, 19, those guys were not as good. Um, and I think that is, that is relevant, but uh, yeah. Okay. I was hoping you would leave that one for me, but I guess it was a little bit too much to ask for. Um, okay. He did leave that one for you. He did. <laughs> <laughs> he did. Well, and he says he, he would have had, yeah, but I had to go with my heart. I had to I, go with the team I felt should have been said first. So I respect I, it. I, yeah. I did that. Um, it's interesting to me that you had the Bucks, the Bucks pick that I made as fourth on your list because I have a funny feeling I'm going to go with a team here that is not in your top three, um, which is upsetting because it means you're going to get your top three picks. Because <laughs> I don't, I don't think that there is a clear choice here. Um, the, there is a there is a few there. Are, I, I'm trying to think of which direction I want to go. And again, I'm I'm going. It's funny. I'm going. Uh, it, it's like I'm switching roles here because I'm going against you. I'm going with my heart for this one. And when Andrew pitched this pod, there was one team that came into my mind first. And I know within the boundaries of this exercise, maybe they shouldn't, but I'm going to do it anyway. I'm going to go with the 2007 Suns. Um, which is, I know, I, I'm shocking you here. No, I, I, they were, they were my honorable mentions. They are not in my top 10, but they are okay. my honorable mentions. I respect that because points, point differential, they're like, they're not really in the conference. They're not in like top 50 of all time. Uh, record wise, they're not really up there. They're tied for whatever, 56 ish, because they only went 61 and 21. Um, the reason I have them here and I'm going to get to the other Suns. I wanted to take a Suns team early and this is the Suns team I settled on. It was either going to be this or the 014. The 014 was the, the team that started it all. The one that came out of nowhere. The one Steve Nash obviously won the MVP. That team lost to the Sonics in five games in the Western Finals. The team that I'm picking here, the 2006-2007 Suns, they were the team that lost against Spurs in the Robert Ory hip check series. Yep. I think most people believe that had that not occurred, the Suns would be the 2007 NBA champion. Uh, I believe that. Um, I, the fact that the Spurs won it lends credence to that, right? Like it's not yes. like this, like, like that might've been the championship there. And it was kind of a strange way to lose. It was so. for any of our, I don't know how many younger patrons we have, but for any of our younger patrons, like that was in the days where it was just like the finals every year during that time was kind of like, Oh, it's, it's the finals is taking place out West. Like it's a, it's a formality. Once like one of those couple of teams, whether it was the Mavs, the Spurs, the Suns, like whoever won that key series, you figure they were going to go on and, and win the whole thing. Um, I know they don't have the statistical profile, but that felt like, their year and you know all the guys were still there now the conflict that i had was them or the 04 team the 2004 uh son the 30304 sons right or that yeah 0304 sons yeah better record better point differential i said they lost 4-1 to the spurs they did not have joe johnson for the first, so joe johnson was on that team joe johnson was not obviously on the 2006-2017. Right. Joe Johnson, they didn't have Joe Johnson for the first three games of that Spurs series, and they didn't have Leandro Barbosa effectively for the last four, because he was, like, played one minute and changed. Now, that was before Barbosa was, like, Barbosa, but he was still, like, the seventh or eighth man on that team. I thought about taking the 0-4 team, but I just couldn't do it because it was so 
I don't know. It was too fresh. Like this, the 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 oh seven the oh six oh seven team was more established. So I agree, and I, yeah, it, it, the oh four team was so new, and I don't think anybody really had thought that that was a team that was going to win. By no, the time oh seven, like by the time that era rolled around a little bit later, where everyone had matured a little bit, the style had matured a little bit. It it felt like they had a real real shot. Um, that that's the Suns is like a if we were doing like a more of an era, like best era teams that didn't yeah. win, like we talked about, where it would be like late nineties Jazz or it would be mid two thousand Suns would be like one of the top I think choices. Yeah. Um, it's harder to pick a, a specific year, but I think you got the right year. I agree with you. Um, okay, well that makes well, me feel good. What were they defensively that year? Do you know what you have in front of you? Um, I will look yeah. it up right now, but I, I I think they were. I think they were fine. Yeah, um, that was always the thing, though, with them. Was like, did they have the defense to actually do it? And that year they might have. And I mean, you could argue they should have won. So it's uh, that's a great choice. I don't great know. If it's team. a great choice. I, again, I, I after the first handful, I did struggle with this one. I hey, look. Um, it's uh, this isn't. Uh, I mean, it's a very subjective exercise. Therefore, I am, therefore, it's a great choice. I am fascinated to see where you go. Yeah, defensively. The Suns that year ranked uh, barely, barely in the top half of the league. Yeah. 105.5 defensive rating, which was ranked 15th. Uh, they did have the best offensive basketball by, by uh, 3.2 right. so, points per yeah. 100 possessions. It was one of the best offenses ever. Um, uh, I mean, comparatively speaking, the difference between them and the second place Mavs was the same as effectively the difference between the second place Mavs and the ninth place Warriors. Wow. Yeah. So they were... They, they lapped, special. Yeah, they lapped the field offensively. And you talk about a team that changed the game. Um, again, that doesn't necessarily tie into best, but uh, seven seconds or less sons were a joy. I, I had joy. to do it. They were the first team that came to my mind when I thought of the, when I heard about the exercise. All right. So my third choice then, and I get my first three choices, which makes me very happy. I knew you um, would. And a team, speaking of joy to watch, one of my favorite, some of my favorite film to go back and watch is obviously one of the great eras of the NBA's Lakers Celtics 80s ball games. Wow. I had I think I have a tab open for the I'm curious. Okay. What do you which so I got you the 1985 84-85 Boston Celtics. Oh. Okay. You have a different Celtics team. No, I I had a different Oh, you're going with the Lakers. Team in the rivalry, but continue. I have a I have Lakers elsewhere. We'll see if I get to it, but the 84, 85 Celtics. So, you know, taking a step back and the reason the Lakers will come up in this conversation too, is because those two teams simply, and you don't just obviously in terms of record, in terms of success, the eighties Lakers and, and Celtics were legendary, but again, looking at the rosters, I mean, the talent on these teams is just mind boggling. How many great, great players, both these teams had yes. um, the Lakers more than the Celtics, because we're talking about, Kareem and Magic already are talking to with again the best six, seven players ever. <laughs> um, but Bird, Mikhail, Parrish, DJ, Walton for a year. I mean, like a incredible talent. Bird at his peak is one of the best ever. And as a team, just some of the most beautiful, connected basketball you'll ever watch. Any era, just glorious basketball. And if you don't, if you know, to all the KFS fans out there, if you haven't gone back on YouTube and watched a 85 Celtics game or watched a Celtics Lakers finals, please, please do so. It is, it'll make you fall in love with the game. It's incredible. 
Um, we so, should say, by the way, that this team had the best record of basketball in the year that you were taking. That's right. They were 63 and 19. and 19. They were how about this second in offense, fifth in defense. Um, so okay. they had the profile. Yeah. Talking about prime Larry Bird, as I said, Parrish, McHale, DJ Ainge. Um, they had every position filled. They had shooting. They had defense. They had everything you could ever want. And they're in the finals. They lost to one of the greatest teams in history. You know, the 84, 85 Lakers were also incredible, incredible. And you can't really fault a team for losing to, 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 to magic Kareem and worthy and Byron Scott and all those guys. Um, you could even say like by 84, 85 are is Boston maximizing every regular season win. Like they went 63 and 19. This is already the middle of their run. Like, I don't think, this team is hungry for regular season wins in the same way that an earlier success team might be. So who knows what they could have won if this was like, if the regular season was like everything to them. For and sure. Yeah. Look, they had already won in 81. They'd already won um, in 84. Yes. So they won the year yeah. before they were going to win the next year. And the, ne- and the next year's team was going to be one of the best ever. Like in the 86, the 86 yeah. Celtics team is a special, special, special team. One of the Pantheon teams. This team is not far behind. Um, so I want, I really wanted to get a mid 80 Celtics team in this team has the pedigree. Um, they were incredible. Statistically, the roster is hall of fame, heavy and phenomenal. Um, so it wasn't that, that big a leap for me to go with the 85 Celtics. Uh, you made my life easy. Cause I feel like it would, it's poetic symmetry that I do this. I'm going to take the 85, 86 Lakers. Love it. Yeah, no, it's, I mean, <laughs> But look, it's it's amazing because those two two of the best teams ever that were happened to have been at their peaks at the same time. That's what makes it so fun. So the difference, obviously, is unlike the 84, 85 um, Celtics who lost the Lakers in six games in the NBA finals, the 85, 86 uh, Lakers did not make it to the NBA finals Wild. because because they came up against a team led by not Ralph Simpson. Uh, <laughs> never going to live it down. Uh, but Ralph Sampson, along with his buddy in the front court, Hakeem Olajuwon, ever heard of him? When the NBA looked at those guys and just shrugged and like, is this? Do we have to figure out how to deal with this in over the next ten years? And the Lakers, um, you know, after having a very good regular season, they uh, I'm gonna look it up right now. I think they were third in. Yeah, they were. They had, their net rating was uh, plus seven point five, which was third after the eighty six Celtics, one of the greatest teams of all time, and the uh, Milwaukee Bucks plus eight point seven. But you know, Laker team still won what sixty two and twenty. Sixty two um, and twenty. First in offense, seventh in defense. Uh, had Magic and I don't know if this was the last great Kareem season. He was first team All NBA along with Magic Johnson. The thing that put this season over the top for me, and again, like they have the fact that they lost to the Rockets, not even a seven game series, they lost to five games. They just didn't know what to do with that Rockets team. Um, this was, I think, the beginning of Worthy being like, this is his fourth year in the league. It was his first All Star season. And he actually, he got like MVP votes in this year um, or an MVP vote. He got, and it's, it, this is the other thing people, we look at, historical data and whatnot. I free, I think it was in the mid nineties, right? When we started doing a third all NBA team. So Kareem and magic first team, all NBA in 85, 86, James worthy didn't make an all NBA team, 
but you could actually now look this up on basketball reference. He was 15th in the voting for all NBA. So if there had been an all NBA team in the 1985-86 season, James Worthy would have been on it um, in all likelihood as a forward. So that to me, you know, to have essentially three all NBA guys, that says a lot. Um, and after you just made the 84, 85 Celtics pick this, this felt fitting. Love it. They're 11th on my list. Okay. Um, and the only reason they're 11th on my list is because I penalized them for a playoff flame out, um, which is what it was. I have a Valid. really, I have a really interesting parallel to that team when, it, when a great, great team, but maybe where at least one or two of the great players are a little long in the tooth already or getting up in age. They're no longer the most athletic team. Yeah. And then an athletic team comes along with great talent and oh, kind of sleeps them away. There's another team on this list for sure should be on this list that has a very similar, I think, idea. Like and they Sam, might get picked, so don't say it. The funny thing is Samson and Hakeem did not have a ton of success after this. It's kind of crazy. Like you, if you were living, well, I was not living, John, you were living in, in 1986. <laughs> you would have thought that that Rockets team was going to win how many finals, right? And it's like, it just yep. doesn't, yep. sometimes it doesn't work out that way. I mean, there's, I think there's one, I think there's one team of every era like that, that they were mm-hmm. ended up being like a comet in the sky. It was those Rockets. It was a team that I'm going to say, because I don't think they're going to get picked. The mid-90s Magic for the 90s. And then, um, I don't know, maybe I should say that. Maybe I shouldn't say it. No, I don't think they're going to get picked either. The Thunder. Um, in the, uh, We'll see. Oh, wow. Some, they're not, I don't think they're going to get picked, but they are on my list. I, I, okay. um, but, but that's where the parallel comes into the team that I'm sure we'll discuss. Okay. Yes. Anyway, okay. we'll get there. So my next pick, this is number four already. Jeez. Okay. Yeah. All right. Because I only want to take the fewest amount of actual franchises possible. I am going now with the 1972, 73 <sighs> Boston Celtics. I thought you would leave them for me. Um, Damn it. That was a miscalculation. This is 68 and 14. So, hello. That's a record. Um, Eighth Uh, in offense. Tied for the fifth uh, greatest record of all time. Yeah. Eighth in offense, first in defense. We're talking John Havlicek, Dave Cowens, Jojo White, a team that won um, the next year in 74 and then won again in 76. Um, We should say Dave Cowens, he won. In MVP, not only did we win MVP, won MVP over and in his prime, Kareem. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty nuts. By the way, Um, yes, it was. It's a it's a great team, and the interesting look. It's it's kind of similar to what I said about KD earlier, and you don't want to say this about a Knicks championship team because, of course, in this season the Knicks won the championship, and in fact, the Knicks defeated the Boston Celtics um, in the Eastern Conference Finals, but. John Havlicek got injured um, in game three and he missed game four and was never the same after that. He played with a terrible shoulder and could barely lift it. And and the Knicks won that series. And I think it's in seven fair, games. in seven games. I think it's very fair to say that the Celtics were the best team that year and probably win the championship had Havlicek not gotten injured. And, you know, Willis Reed was already at the, at the end of the line, like that 73 team, was great. And Clyde was in that series, by the way, the numbers that Clyde Frazier had, I mean, just outrageously good. Clyde was incredible. They had Earl. I think he would have been able to punish Trey Young if given the chance. Yeah, I think so too. I think most likely, you know, I think <laughs> Andrew apparently thinks it's like Alfred Payton situation with Clyde on offense, but um, 
Let me tell you something. That was. I'm sorry. Listen, man. You're you're about to make me turn into an independent voter or run their party. <laughs> oh wow! Okay. Oh no! He's taking the votes. Yeah, I'll take taking my the entire votes with super pack with. What me, happened okay? to party man? Yeah. Oh man! Yeah. So so yeah, one of the best teams in regular season history. Probably win the finals without a without a catastrophic injury. It's probably it might be the best parallel to the Durant 2019 injury. Sure. Um, although it didn't. Yeah, and it was in the conference finals too. The difference is they, 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 the Warriors won the conference finals and the Celtics team did not. Um, but, but it is a good parallel because I think probably heavy favors to win that championship and the Havlicek injury kind of did them in. So, uh, I now have two Warriors teams and two Celtics teams. On to you. <sighs> okay. I had them. They were. They were fourth on my list, and I didn't. I didn't take them because I didn't think you were going to take them. <laughs> you should Bad know job. me by now. I love the old things. Yeah. Um. Damn it. Okay. I'm gonna. Ch- I don't know if I'll, I. I get. I'm, I'm famous last words. I'm gonna try this one more time and leave the leave a team that I probably think is maybe a little bit better than the team I'm about to take for because I don't think you're going to take them. We'll see if those are famous last words. Um, I am going to take the 1967-68 Philadelphia 76ers. Number nine on my list. Great choice. Okay. So this team uh, went 62 and 20. Um, they were led by a... How old was he in this season? Um, hold on. Sir, Sir Wilton? Sir, Sir Wilton. He was a little, again, a little long on the tooth. He was 31 years old. Um, but this is still Sixers Wilt. Um, also, yeah, go. Keep so going. here's old. Here's what old Wilt did. <laughs> let's let's go. This is what old Wilt did. Twenty four points a game, twenty four rebounds a game, eight point six assists per game. This is a this is the season that this man put up in nineteen sixty seven sixty eight. He was flanked by. Um, not one, but uh, two, uh, not just Hall of Famers, two of uh, the top 75 players of all time. In, I think three Hall of Famers. Three, uh, so Hal Greer and Billy Cunningham. I, Hal Greer Chet, also, I believe Chet Walker was also a Hall of oh, Famer. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Sorry. I apologize yeah. to uh, any anybody, any Chet Walker stands out there. Yes. Chet, <laughs> so four Hall of Famers. <laughs> the Chet Walker and Tom Thacker stands out there. No, but again, you're talking, about, you're talking about guys in their... Pro- so, like, again, Hal Greer... I mean, just a, a, a incredibly underrated player in NBA yeah. history. This guy made seven All NBA second teams, which is another way of saying he was a top ten NBA player for the better part of a decade. Um, he was still kind of on the tail end of his prime. Billy Cunningham is one of those guys that, like, you got to listen to people who were around then, like, talk about watching this guy. He was one of these guys that the stats and accolades, kind of like DeBusher. I don't think they fully capture what he was. Anyway. This team was ridiculous, and yes. they went up against a Boston Celtics team in the Eastern Division Finals, which back then was the precursor to the NBA Finals, and they lost in seven games. It is perhaps the defining series, rightly or wrongly, of Wilt Chamberlain's impeccable career. Um, but yeah, I mean... Well, they had got it, him the year before, right? 67, they, won- they beat Russell. Yes, that was one yeah. of the yeah, that was one of the the ones that they yes, they won. 
Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. It seems, it feels like the right pick. Um, yeah, they won. They beat Russell Celtics four one in the Eastern Division Finals the previous year, and then they beat the the Warriors in the NBA Finals four two. So coming off a championship, I guess that's a bit of a theme of mine here. Uh, and they lost Game Seven by four points. So, yeah, great. I love it. Um, this was yeah, and Wilt kind of balanced out his game, obviously with the nine assists per game and kind of the the forty points a game days might have been over, but he, he kind yeah. of changed his game a bit and it probably better balance for his team. Um, and look, Wilt still had you know four or five years of some great basketball left, so he's still in his prime, um, or maybe just post his prime. Um, and again, a, the team, the Celtics team, they lost to. I mean, we're talking prime Hondo plus. Plus the rest Bill of Russell and, you know, uh, again, a little long of the tooth, but still Sam Jones, 34, still g- good enough to average 24 a game in those in those East finals. So, yep. uh, yeah. And then win it again the next year. So they still <laughs> had something left. Yeah, um, they, they tended to do that a lot back then. Oh, man, that's a great pick. OK. I have so many things I want to talk about, but I only get one more team to pick. All right. Um, I'm going to go with a full house. Uh, of of Celtics and Warriors. Can I um, guess which team you're going for? Please. I think it might surprise you. I'm wondering if you're going back to the 80s. I'm not. I'm not going back to the 80s. I'm not going back to the 70s. Oh, you're are you going are you going KG? I'm going KG. Oh wow. Give it to me. Here we go. So this is kind of similar to my theme. 2008, 2009. It has to be the one. Boston Celtics. Um, I actually am surprised. I kind of forgot how great their statistical accolades were. And this is with KG playing, I think, 50-something games. And even with that, they went 62 and 20. They were sixth on offense, second on defense. I think there's no question they make the finals if KG's healthy. Zero question. Like that Dwight Howard. Magic I was about to was say, fun. we should say what happened in the, yes, the they playoffs. lost to the, to the magic, which was a really fun, really good team. Dwight Howard at his peak was phenomenal. Underrated, criminally underrated at this point because of all the stuff that's happened after with Dwight Howard. Yes. Unbelievable player at that time. Um, dominant as anything. I don't think there's any question that the Celtics win that series with KG. I think the Celtics probably beat the Lakers that year, but Okay, well, maybe. Well, I think it's a fair to argue, but I think they do. Um, so it's kind of like one of these teams where I just feel like it's a what if team. Now, KG, unlike the Durant and the Havlicek stories, got injured much earlier. Um, but that, that look, I mean, we're talking, uh, and Rondo at that time was so good. Oh, and, people, and it's, uh, I think it's, people already, that's another, talk about a guy who, like Dwight, I think people are already, they're like hung around too long and their primes were too short. And yeah. it's like, yeah, so you know, obviously Rondo, Pierce, Allen, KG. Um, it's a phenomenal team, um, one of the best defensive teams over a period I've ever seen. Um, obviously, the Tibbs led defense, uh, the way they changed the way defense is played, and the way KG locked it all down. Um, I just think again, like one of the, there's a there are rare teams that it's hard, you know, like I downgraded a bunch of teams because of playoff losses that I felt like they shouldn't have had. And then yeah. there are the teams that I feel like you can't punish them for that. Like they didn't have KG. They weren't going to win, but the team itself was unbelievable. And uh, that's why I went with, uh, with the 08, 09 Celtics. So I now have seventies, eighties and nineties Celtics along with two from two golden state teams from 2010s. Pretty good. Um, 
I had completely forgotten until I just looked it up that the Celtics were up 3-2 in that series against Orlando. Um, With Glenn and, Davis starting at power forward. I, I was I was about to say you're Jesus Christ. You're, <laughs> game game seven, which the Celtics lost uh, by 19 points, but they're they were trotting out. Oh my! Ooh, you probably know this because you've looked it up. Uh, you want to know who played 13 minutes in that game? I didn't look it up. But is it Brian Scalabrini? He he is okay. One of two players to play 13 <laughs> minutes in that game. You want to guess the other one? He went on to have a Hall of Fame career in the other side of the world. Steph. Stephon Marbury. Yes. Oh, yeah. my God. Stephon <laughs> Marbury. One for four at four points. One assist. <laughs> Made both of his free throws. Um, yeah. Oh uh, the bench God. The bench that day for the Celtics consisted of Eddie House, Marbury, and Scalabrini. Oof. With uh, Glenn Davis starting and playing 30 minutes for uh, an injured. Oh, yeah, well, I mean, the bench, that Celtics bench was never good. And it's a fair knock on their team as, you know, compared to some of the other teams on here. But like Doc, Doc played those guys a ton. And like if Glenn Davis was a decent bench player at the time, Eddie House was a decent bench player at the time. James Posey was, I guess, only in the 08 team. He, he was gone after that. Posey was not on that team. Tony yeah. Allen was. He only got garbage time minutes, though. Right. It was like kind of pre when he. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> Pretty amazing that they won 62 games and almost made the finals despite not having KG. Um, Do you remember who they made their backup point guard the next year? Nate? Nate Robinson. Yeah. Another former Nick. In fairness, though, I'm looking here now. Um, I guess Jameer Nelson also got injured in that series because Rafer Alston started that game seven yes. for. I do remember that. Yep. Yeah. Yep. For the magic. Um, I like that. Pick. That's, I, I thought about them. Um, I did think about them. Okay. Uh, my last pick. Um, hmm. So I'll just say the team that they were referencing. You, we were referencing before, which I'm not going to take. It's the, one of the greatest regular season teams of all time. The Spurs team that was up 2-0 against the Thunder and then just got ran off the floor. Uh, remind me, what year was it again? It was... 15-16. Uh, yes, 15-16. Um, I they love just... this team. I love this close to my heart. Can we talk about it for a second? I know sure, we're getting yeah. a little late because we're neither, neither of us are going to pick them. No, I'm not going to take them, so talk about them. But like... 67 and 15, fourth in offense, first in defense. They went 40 and one at home. Um, the best ninth, ninth best point differential of all time. And it's just such a cool, that team was so cool because obviously like the longevity of the Spurs, everyone's talked about that. Like Parker, Duncan, Ginobili still good, but no longer great. Kawhi ascends fully, fully actualized. And it's like, Oh, now he's the best player. Cause far. it's like the year after they won the finals in 2014, like, Kawhi didn't make the leap right away that Correct. next year. He needed the additional year. Right. And this is when he got there. But the old guys were still good enough to make an yeah. amazing team and have that amazing infrastructure. And LaMarcus Aldridge was there. <laughs> like, that's a crazy, uh, crazy it's like, insane. The, the amount of talent on that team is nuts. And you have Pop as the coach. And like, just an, inc- I mean, 2015-16 is a fascinating year. You might, you have arguably, you have two, two with four. The- Teams, oh. well, one of them won the finals, but like there are four teams there that could have won finals in many other years. Like the four top teams that year, if you include uh, OKC, who beat oh, the Spurs, yeah, I was about to, and then the, the is an inc- the incredible top four teams. Um, maybe the maybe one of the best top fours ever. Um, but like, 
just an amazing basketball team. And it's just like, like kind of the, 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 the Lakers Rockets series in 86, just one of these younger and more athletic, hungrier teams that came in and just wiped the floor with them. Yeah. And it's just interesting how sometimes it's a matchup and like, it was bad. It was just a bad, really bad matchup for the for the old Spurs, where when Sergi Baca, Durant, and Westbrook were just jumping out of the gym and dunking on you for forty eight minutes. Um, but an amazing never, basketball team. I've never felt a series turn that, that much. No, never. On it was a, wild. Yeah. Um, game three, but I remember game three specifically. Uh, that's not the team I'm taking. The team I'm taking is a team that uh, played basketball uh, the next year. And that is the Cleveland Cavaliers, 2016-17. So if Isaac Lowe, look, if he swears by this team, so I, I, I agree. It's a great well, team. But there's a reason why he swears by it, because you had the second greatest player, arguably of all time, in his prime on a team that was very good. And I don't care that their regular season record was shit and that their point differential was shit. Those teams didn't care about Correct. it. That they did not care in the slightest. If you want to know how good that team was, go look at their uh, postseason performance up until they got to face the again, what some people think maybe the greatest basketball team ever assembled, uh, ever assembled the KD Warriors. Uh, what did they do? They steamrolled the Pacers in round one, 4 0. They steamrolled the Raptors uh, in round two, 4 0. And then they beat the Celtics 4 1 in the Eastern Conference Finals. Um, before moving on to face the Warriors, and uh, it should be lost. noted the East stunk. That should be noted. Yes, the East stunk, and I wonder how much of the fact that the East stunk was the fact that some of those other, some of the other teams were like, LeBron's going to do his thing in Cleveland for a few years. <laughs> well, he did is- do it every single year in the 2010s. He made the finals. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed, he did. I'm yeah. just looking back at the Celtics, the Eastern Conference Finals against the Celtics. First two games, Cavs won by 13, and then they won Game Two of that series by 44 points. Yep, I remember it. Yeah, that's the letting... game Isaiah Thomas got hurt. Yeah, so that yeah. I mean that should be noted too. And then the, the Celtics won a game by three, and then it was not a series after that at all. Do so, yeah. you remember that Game Three? I don't. It's an over, it's either an overtime win or it's a buzzer beater by Avery Bradley that rattled in and out. The oh, I do vaguely remember that. The yeah. Cavs were up by like 20 and they blew it. Yeah. And yeah, then yeah. it was like, what happens? We were running, we were headed to a sweep and then like never underestimate the heart of a Celtic was all over Twitter. Yeah. Um, that's nauseating. Yes. Wow. So I one major note out of that comes out of this. And it's something I said at the beginning. I didn't think you'd agree with me, John. Zero 90s teams drafted. So let's finish there. Uh, I it was funny. We were going to do this pod originally uh, last night, and then schedules got crazy. I I had on my my NBA Jam shirt with like Ewing and Starks on it because I had notions like, eh, I wonder if I'll take them towards the end. I couldn't. No, I couldn't bring myself. They're to just it. not in the same league. They're not those teams. Those next teams are not in the same league. But you know, who is who would be your first pick from a night? So my draft? eighth ranked team. And seven, my seventh ranked team was the um, 16 Spurs, 15, 16 Spurs that we already talked about. My next one was the 96, 97 Jazz. Ooh. Oh, okay. Um, so um, I would personally have the Suns over them. I That's think fine. the Suns have an argument. 
And I do think the 95, 96 Sonics have an argument. So it's so funny. The the six, seven Jazz and the five, six Sonics have extremely similar, extremely similar statistical profiles and both lost to MJ in six. And I know Um, which of those two teams that I think was better. Yeah. And I think it was the Sonics team. I hear it. Uh, I die. So that one of my honorable mentions is the Sonics. They're down there on like 13, but you could are splitting hairs. I mean, I, I think that Utah team was pretty phenomenal. I think the top end talent, like I know Kemp and Peyton were great. I think Stockton and Malone were better, frankly, um, and certainly did it for longer, but that doesn't mean that season they were better necessarily. Um, but and then, yeah, and then the 92-93 Suns were 62-20. and 20. I mean, the 60s, the, the 96-97 Jazz were 64-18 and 18 and 38-3 and three at home, which is pretty remarkable. Oh, Never- of all the of all the, the team, and I'm, this is a little sacrilegious for me to say, but I'll say it. Like, if I'm ranking the teams that Jordan took, like, the, because Michael Jordan existed, these teams did not have a title. I think the Suns go ahead of the Knicks. For me, I think I put the Suns. Yes. One. I think I put the 92 93 Knicks ahead of the Jazz teams. But then again, they would have faced the Suns. I so if there. I have the Suns number one, I don't think the Knicks were as good. I just don't. I uh, just don't. But it's close. But I don't. And then the Charles Smith of it all. Yeah, right. And then I, I guess we've already mentioned all my honorable mentions other than I think this one's worth talking about. The 12, the 2012-13 OKC Thunder. Oh, let's go. Um, which was probably the best OKC team, even though Harden had left already. They were 60 and 22. They were first in offense, fourth in defense. They had the 10th, 10th highest net rating of all time, I think. I have to double check that, but that's what I wrote down. Okay. Um, and look, we're talking about prime Durant, Westbrook, Ibaka, Kevin Martin, Cephalosha still really good back then as a complimentary player. Oh yeah. And Patrick Beverly crushed Westbrook's knee in the first round. Um, otherwise that team has a really good shot, really good shot. Uh, that was their best chance, probably even better chance than when they made the finals. Cause I don't think anybody expected that was early. That was a bit before schedule. Um, that team was pretty special. Um, and the OKC Thunder were that team of the 2010s were like, yeah, could, you would have sworn they would have won a, won a championship. And, they just and, it, and, and yet they did not. Um, no, we didn't give any love to the, the Rockets teams that tried to give a fight to the Warriors. Uh, I mentioned them a bit. Ago. Yeah. Uh, I don't Look, think they're deserving, quite frankly, to be in this sure? conversation. I don't think so. 2018? It's interesting with them. I, I feel like I almost penalized them. They literally built an entire team and played an entire way to beat one team. And <laughs> like their whole, they literally planned the entire year to beat Golden State the way they played, the personnel they got, and it worked. And they yeah. gave Golden State fits. But like when I look at the actual team, like the roster, it, it doesn't, and the Cisco profile isn't quite there with that team. Um, yeah. 65 wins and then up 3-2 and then Chris Paul gets hurt. Doesn't that go to your argument, Benji, for like an injury away? 
They won 65 games. They were. Yeah, they're like so a 2017, 18 oh, sheesh, you know in what? terms of here. Are the here are the top teams of all time wins total wise that did not win. So was the net rating not as good? Because I somehow didn't really come across them when I was doing the research. Tony. So their net rating is not going to be. Yeah, the net rating or you know? their point differential was 8.5. Um, so top wins that didn't win a championship. 73 win Warriors were taken. 68 win Celtics and 73 taken uh 67 win dallas mavericks in 2006-07 lost to the to the uh the we believe right the we believe the we warriors. believe yes. warriors yeah, yeah. and no, then, you, that is way too big a punishment you do not get you do not get on this list they were not getting taken tied that 67 wins tied with the spurs uh 15 16 who we spoke about after that 66 win Cavs team in 08-09. I thought about them. I, I thought about them, but the East was so bad. And they just were not a great team. And they and look, they but great that player. said, right, that said, is it just like LeBron was is maybe the second best player of all time? Maybe the best player of all time. And like was maybe at his peak. They hit a lot of peaks. He was at his yeah. athletic peak. And they and they um, built, you know, and they really they made a but no, I don't think they, they made a point to Win the regular season, and right. they I don't think and they're they, on this list. I don't think they're. On this I don't list. think they are either. But I'm getting to it now. The next team after that is the, the 65 win. Okay, 2017-18 Rockets. I yeah. I look. I I hear the argument, Andrew. I honestly, I I totally forgot that they won 65 games. Um, it's not unfair. I just. You, the the trend you were on of Kevin Durant gets hurt. That's the only reason the Warriors lost the Raptors. Like Steph, getting I don't hurt. right, but I don't I don't believe that the Rockets win that series. They okay. So they're up after watching either. Game Three and Four. And your boy Harden, Andrew. What's up, your boy Harden? I'm okay, perfectly fine with him not getting drafted. But the case of if Chris Paul is there, like they lost because they had a bum leading them the last two games to try and clutch okay. it. But Chris Paul tears his well tears. He pulls his hamstring in the final minutes on an inadvertent whistle. In a hundred percent, it was. I, have two wins. To, I personally to don't the think they win the series, but I it was trending that way. I can't argue with that. I just think ultimately the Warriors win that series, but I think it's very fair. I okay. think it's very fair. I remember because that was the Celtics. With Tatum and Brown and no Kyrie, no Hayward, correct. Trying to pull off Simmons used to call it the the Celtics version of the 01 Patriots. That they were gonna be like a team of destiny. That, that is the most Simmons thing I ever. It is the most Boston. But that was it. Was like this team should is way too early to be making a finals, and they might be the team that eliminates LeBron from the East forever. Didn't happen. But there was a four day stretch when we thought there was no more parity in the NBA. When the Rockets were up three two and the Celtics were up three two, and it's like, could the the Cleveland Golden State Invitational finally end? And for four days, there was curiosity, and the NBA ratings reflected that. Oh, okay. It didn't right. happen. The Warriors won two. I'm, the Cavs won two. But, I'm glad. You know. I'm glad we spoke about it. Um, <laughs> this. This was fun. Um, I got to run because I got to do my my third pod tonight. Uh, oh, man. Garrett Champ. Yeah. Uh, listen. Liberty Ballers? Yes. Yeah. All right. Tell them when what's you, up. I tell, will. Tell them they're not going anywhere. When Can you, we have 15 seconds just to mention one honorable mention I thought of? Sure. That, yeah. None. No love for the 2010-11 heat. No. No. no because of how it flamed not. out? Absolutely not. If I, I would think, give... 
I give more love to the 13-14 heat. If, if I agree with teams. that. I think okay. they were so clearly figuring stuff out the whole year. Like the fact that they made the finals was kind of a miracle. I think but, it reflected kind of the end of the Celtics run. Like it was a weird spot. Again, the East was not really good in this era. And I feel like the map series exposed what was very a very strange season in general from that team. And I just didn't think they were that. I really didn't think they were that good. Like okay. they needed a year to kind of figure it out. I Not that it, the team didn't cross my mind because I was thinking again, Along the lines of teams that should have won the finals that didn't, the Heat qualify. I mean, but shit. The, if anything, the team from that little mini era, the 2012-13 Spurs, probably yeah. should uh, get more love. Yeah, probably. I mean, they Free were throw uh, away. Yeah, well, what you know, a, a rebound array, a miss. You know, a three, I go free throw. Kawhi makes a free throw. They're up four with with sure. five seconds left. That's you fine. Know? Um, All right. Thanks, guys. This was fun. Go. This was great. Uh, ben. You're the man. Um, Andrew, thank you for hanging out for this one. I, yeah, Andrew, I would have been the same out. without you. Of course. And, thank uh, you, Benji, as always. More, who, more, of, more of Benji on Patreon to come, by the way. Who else would preach for James Harden if not for you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, me. The ultimate uh, James Harden defendee. Vote, vote for Benji on the poll. It's up for two days, okay? I've, I've come back around. I'm endorsing you in the polls. If you care about defense, vote for me. Yes. Stop it. Okay, we, we, I'm sorry. We don't have any more time today. Um, <laughs> and most of all, thank you, our listeners and our patrons. We appreciate you so much. Hope you enjoyed this episode. Uh, yes, more fun with Benji coming up, uh, you know, as we go by. But uh, until then, enjoy the rest of your week. Talk to you soon. Peace out. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.